Hello, 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 and cha-cha-cha. Hi, friends. This is Alex and Jennifer. <laughs> and we want to say once again, welcome to the Aspie Files, your new favorite podcast. Coming to you from Paradise Studios, our beautiful home here in Fort Myers, Florida. And it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a little while. And it's because so much has happened in our life. I'll get a little snack here. These are, ladies and gentlemen, these are uh, pretzel. These are cheddar-flavored pretzels. And... They are very good. Mm, you're good. You're absolutely fantastic. And first of all, we want to say back in September, we had our one year anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary. Yeah. It's been a little while since we've done an episode of our podcast. And first of all, we want to say for being with us uh, for the year that you've been with us. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. you. It has been it's been a little over a month since we did our last episode. It has been a little over a month. Month and a half, I think. About it's, a month and a half. I last think, time we uh, the podcast was when we were in the Keys. Well, actually, we had just come home from the Keys, actually. We just come home from the Keys. And we had, cause, because, as you guys know, the last people that listened to the last episode know that um, two months ago, this week, we got uh, married. We got married, everybody. Married. Absolutely. And married. Married, married, <laughs> married, married. And I got to tell you, sweetheart, I am loving married life. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, that's nice, honey. I'm loving it, too. What do you love about it so far? I love when we wake up together, we say goodbye, we go to work, and then we come back, and then we see each other, and then we go to the gym, and we have a nice routine. But we also have dinner before we go to the gym. We have a nice dinner. I always, I always insist, let's have dinner first, and then we go to the gym. I've been making a wonderful lemon chicken. Everybody should uh, try the lemon chicken. It's very good. It's uh, chicken and lemon with a little bit of olive oil and sautéed in a nice garlic buttery butter. And it is delish, I have to say. Alex really likes it. I have to say, it's one of my favorite dishes you make along with your uh, pasta alla vodka. Now, I say it like that because... There are two kinds of ways that Jennifer makes uh, the pasta with alavaca sauce. Honey alavaca is very good. Alex's favorite. Now that's one of them. The other kind is the bow tie alavaca. The bow tie, just regular bow tie pasta. I gotta say though, it is absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you like it, honey. I I'm impressed by it. I gotta say, but also you know I gotta say. Um, I'm just happy that we're doing this again because it's been a little while and a lot's happened since our last episode. Um, so I want to fill in the dots for people that maybe haven't listened or haven't spoken to me in a while. And I want to just say that um, since we last saw each other, um, I left TV after seven years in the business. He left TV. Can you believe? A lot of people are surprised by it. But, you know, I'm going to give you a little synopsis of what happened. I want to give the full story away. Yeah. I'll save that for the book. But <laughs> Katie Couric's writing is ready. I just wrote a tell-all. I know. About her time in the business. And I can't wait to read it. I know. Here's the thing, though. There are actually a couple of interviews that she did that I need to see before I buy the book. There with the Today Show, where she was at for 15 years. She was there for 15 long years. And with Matt Lauer, who we thank, who we now have learned is a, a creep to the 100th degree. Yeah, he's creepy. Absolutely creepy, disgusting, and, you know, and if you read the book, you'll understand why Katie is the way she is. And she even said in an interview to People Magazine, she knows that she's not everyone's cup of tea. And guess what? That's okay. And I, I love her honesty about that. I love that she is so open right. about who she is. But anyway, so I want to, I'll we'll get to that book in a minute. But anyway, 
So, um, yeah. It's a good article in People Magazine. It's a great article. And the book is really good. If you haven't read it yet, it's definitely worth reading. But in any event, so the reason that um, TV and I part of ways was this. Um, as you all probably know, listening to this podcast, um, I'm an avid user of THC edibles and CBD oil. Jennifer is too. We love it. Unfortunately, the people we I worked with for two years in the business I was in for seven were not that wild about it. And I can safely say this. I took it to deal with the sideshow that was my production staff. I can safely say that. That's what I'll say about it. It was a fucking sideshow near the end. I mean, I was dealing with production staff members that were woke, that were miserable, that were angry, that walked around with a chip on their shoulder. I'm not going to say names, but they know who they are. Um, I had one guy actually call me kid. Yeah, kid. Can you believe? Well, and he, you know what his excuse was? What? Oh, I'm younger than you. Oh. And I went, that's your excuse? Oh, I went drill sergeant on that asshole. I went m- complete full metal jacket, you know, major pain drill sergeant on that guy. Yeah, well, you know what? Just forget about it. Yeah, he, I will. He's not worth mm. even talking about. No, but I am. I'm, here's the reason I'm pointing this out. But though. you know what? Can I tell you why the reason Go I'm pointing ahead. this out? Go for? ahead. Just, here's the reason I'm pointing this out. And we've mentioned this last season on the podcast. I'm going to mention it now. In your life, there are going to be bullies you deal with. And they're not going to just be in school. They're going to be in your... How do I say this? They're going to be everywhere you go. In your neck of the woods. They could be in your school. They could be... Whether it's um, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, even in the workforce. They're going to deal... Trade school, master's degree program, school. Yes, there's... They're, they're, Out in the world, school. There are just bullies, chameleons, cynics... Um, Jerks. Misanthropes is another good word. Now, I learned that word misanthrop from The Good Wife, which we've been watching. That's right. Misanthrop is a person who has a hatred for humanity. Right. And there are people like that, and they want to spew their arrogance and their hatred towards you. Don't give in to them. Now, I've not been always great at that in my life. The reason I stood up for myself was because, honestly, I believe words have meanings. Right. Don't call people kid. Don't call people son. Don't call people boy. We've said that on this podcast. Those words are derogatory when they're used in the wrong context. And in that moment, it was. I also, by the way, he also was, when he when, and I were both reprimanded, he actually said, well, I don't know what much about Asperger's and I don't care that you have it. And I and I wanted to say, you might want to care because you're going to meet people like me in your life that have it. The odds of children having it born into this world have grown up dramatically since, you know, since I, since I was a kid. And this guy's, you know. This guy's in his 40s, and he should know better. But, you know, the fact that he doesn't, I think it just says a lot about his character. It really, really does. By the way, um, the autism rate in this country, you you know what uh, it currently is? One in 54. One in 54 children. One in 54. One in 54 children in this country have autism. Okay? Many of them are diagnosed at the age of four. Many of them are diagnosed at the age of four okay so you know people say you know i'm people are gonna ask me why are you dragging this out i'm not dragging it out i'm just merely pointing out that you know what people like me who have autism whether it's on the spectrum which i am we exist in the world and we have every right to exist and me personally i don't think we have we got to start standing up for ourselves i'll just say that but i would say in most cases, this was a case where I stood up for myself. 
But in other cases, honestly, I'm just going to say to myself, you know what? We got to rise above this crap. And, you know, also don't give in to everything when it gets really personal. Like the reason I stood up is also because my father died. The anniversary of my father's death came up when that was happening. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago. And honestly, his memory was disrespected by that person. And I'm not going to say his name because, like so Jen, as Jen pointed out, they don't deserve any publicity at all. So I'm not going to give them any. And honestly, just, you know, I moved on very quickly. I got to tell you this, how I moved on quickly. The how day after, the day after, the day after, I um, applied at several different companies. And one of them, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but one of them was a call center. And the very day, the very, very day that, the day after that I parted ways with um, with TV, they called me. And I have to say, I have to say that I'm so, so blessed that they did that, that they came through for me as quickly as they did. And I say that because... In my early years of applying for positions when I was getting out of college, it was it was it was hell. It was difficult. It was rough. It was rough because I think it was rough for a lot of people too there, honey. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right about that. Um what was happening was in general, um it was just not a lot of people were hiring. But now, you know, and I've noticed this a lot probably since I got into TV. It's got it's gotten better. It's gotten better. You know, employers are actually call are actually following up with people that apply for the jobs. People actually want the jobs, which is really good. You know, I wanted I wanted to get back to work very quickly. And so far I'm really liking my job. The pay is really, really great. It's way more than what TV would ever pay me. And I just looked at like I've we started the week of a pay cycle. I know. So at the end of a pay cycle. And the re- let me explain what that means. In other words, we get paid every two weeks. Okay? That's good. It is very good. It's very, very good. And so we get paid every two... On average, we get paid every two weeks. But this was, you know, we, we started, we got paid the week after, which was great. So I got paid for a week, for a week, and guess what? It was a huge paycheck. I looked at this one week, I went... I would never have made this in one week in TV. And, you know, it just basically, it goes back to a principle we've said on this program. Please start paying. Please give most of America a raise. It's very simple. Please give the the teachers a raise. Please give the military a raise. Please give the police a raise. Please give the firefighters a raise. Please give the nurses a raise. The nurses. Please give the nurses a raise. You know, please give... Uh, the people that build our, the bus drivers a raise, whether it's school bus drivers or city bus drivers, please give the people that build our our roads and our dams and work on our subways, keep make sure they're working. You know, it's, it's just, just basic principles. If you gave, if we were able to give most of America a raise, I kid you not, we'd be a lot better off as a country. We really would. And I pray, for, I, I long for the day when our minimum wage becomes $15 an hour. When you can don't have to call it a minimum wage anymore, you can just call it a living wage. Which, by the way, I've been advocating for for years. Tavis Smiley's been advocating. Cornell West has been advocating. You know, Bernie Sanders has been advocating, who I'm a fan of, and I supported in 2020 before I supported Biden in the uh, general election. But, you know, the other bigger reason is if you give people a raise, 
They're happy. Yes, they're happy to go to work. They're going to do their job more than likely yes. with a smile, yes. with a good attitude. Yeah. Okay. And you'll have less people that are going to come home and be angry at their spouses. They're less likely to be angry at their children. They're more likely to be in a good mood when they wake up in the morning and they're going to be in a good mood when they go to bed at night. Yeah. It is, it's vital. And I think they're also, many of them, we can't speak for all of them, but many of them will be less susceptible to problems with drugs and, and alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I just think it, it's, it's a vital thing that we can do in our society. We have fallen behind on taking care of the people that really, really build this country and we really, really need to step it up. So that's, that's my two cents on that issue. But, uh, and Jen started a new job too, didn't you baby? I did, I started a new job and I'm very happy with my new job. Um, Tell everybody about the job, baby. I started today, it's working with a halfway house for people who have mental illness. Oh, it's a halfway house? It's not a halfway house, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hospital. But oh, it's, it's a hospital, okay. But it's like a, like a house where people come and they go and you help the people and they get different phases and they are people who are in need for a little uh, medical care and I'm one of those people to give them medical care and to help them out. You know, you are one of the most, so what I love about you, sweetheart, what? is you're one of the most compassionate people I've ever met in my life. Oh, thank you, honey. You are just unbelievably sweet and just so generous and stuff like mm -mm, oh, that. Felt good. That felt good. Y'all didn't see that part. She, you know, oh. that felt good. All right. So that's one of the best parts of being married. That's, <laughs> that's, that's one of the best parts of being married. Um, and also, since we last saw each other, Jen had a big birthday. I did. I had a big birthday. Yeah. And I'm we, not going to tell you what age, but I had a birthday and it was nice. Yeah. <laughs> and Alex and I celebrated at a nice little, little Italian restaurant. We were going to go to this one Italian restaurant that's near our house. Down. After 10 years, they went out of business. I know. It was a bummer. It was a bummer. But you know what was also a bummer? What? And this is going to make me sound like Jerry Seinfeld for a minute. I kid you not. I kid you not. There was... Um, Every time we go to the restaurant, the mm -hmm. pasta was great, mm -hmm. but I would always want to get the sirloin steak. I know, and they were always out of the steak. And I'm like, why the hell are, is it on the damn menu then? I know. Seriously? Why is... Take off the steak. Thank you. If it's not in your kitchen, take it off the menu. That's right. Don't mislead people. Right. And especially, especially on foods that people like, especially guys. And I love steak. I know you love your steak. I know it's not just a guy thing, but I love steak. Yes, you do. And it took me 30 years to appreciate it. I didn't have my first steak till I was 31 years old. And oh my God, it's so good. So it was a good birthday. Yes. And we ended up at this nice little Italian cuisine and Absolutely. had a nice, nice night to celebrate my birthday. And it was nice. Like everybody celebrates their birthday. It's a nice feeling, right? I May mean, I also just say their, their salad was great. And there's something to be said about good veggies at a restaurant. Yes. And then we decided to go home and watch the last of Matt. Emodio. Emodio on Jeopardy. We have to say he recently, um, since we last saw each other, this was uh, about a month ago. It was about, it was three about weeks a ago. month ago. Yeah. Three weeks ago, a month ago. He, um, he won broke a major superstition on the day his Jeopardy run ended. And what happened was he won. Here's the total. I have the total right here. Go ahead. $1,518,601 in 38. Wow. Can you 30, believe that? 39 uh, appearances, 38 wins. He, his winning streak came uh, was, came to an end, but he sure did a good. And can I just say, I kind of knew, as, as much as I hate to say it, the night that we were watching, especially when we went to double. Yes. 
I knew that he had been defeated. Yes, by Jonathan Fisher. Well, actually, no, it wasn't by Jonathan Fisher, but it was by. Or it was by it Jonathan was Fisher. Jonathan right. Fisher. Thank you. Thank you. Right. It was. I thought. I thought it was. A, it was a woman named. Was it Nancy that defeated him? No. I keep forgetting. Oh, what. I think so. For yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan Fisher. I think so. Yeah. I want to um, mention Jonathan just for a, qu- a brief moment, if I may. And he won over a quarter million dollars on that show. He won a lot of money. He was absolutely fantastic. I mean, he was he was phenomenal. He was a great player. And he's also from Florida, like we are. Yes. And he was up in Coral Gables. He and he's was, an actor. He was a theater actor. So if you see him, if you're ever, if you are ever in, um, if you're ever in Florida, or if you ever, if you ever, Find that name on a, a, a playbook. You know that he was in Jeopardy. You know he was in Jeopardy, and you should definitely see him. He's an, a very entertaining gentleman. I really yeah. enjoyed um, seeing him. I yes. enjoyed, absolutely just loved, loved seeing him on the show. He was absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah, he was really good. But you know what? Very different player than Matt. Would you agree? I think so. Very different. And you know why I thought he was different? How? I thought he was different in the sense that... Um, he was different in the sense that Matt was a very gutsy better, particularly on the Daily Double in round one. Yes. And then when in final. Right. But he would bet a little more conservatively in double for the most part. Right. But I noticed very often if he didn't get the Daily Double in the Jeopardy round, mm-hmm. he would almost always bet a large amount if he found one in double. Right. But if he, if he was able to in round one, he would bet probably two to four thousand dollars yes on daily double not much yeah but he was a good player and yes. jonathan was a little more you know a little more reserved yes he was a little bit more or less con- he was conservative i would say so yeah he definitely yeah. knew how to bet it's just he had a rough night and that does happen it was a good uh, horse race but a young man there's a young man named i want to say that the champions now there's a young man named tyler we'll get his last name in here and he's been on there, and he recently... This is fourth win. Tyler... Or his fifth win. Yeah, Tyler, let me get his name. Tyler Road is his name. And... He takes on day, five, day five. Yeah. For a and, hot streak tonight. Yeah, he does. And I will say this. I'm, I'm impressed by how he has uh, handled himself. I mean, he's essentially so far, he's... And by the way, Jonathan Fisher won 11 straight games. And uh, Tyler Road, um, he was cut by he was cut. F- Fisher was the one that when he lost when Jonathan John Fisher lost, Tyler Road came in and took over and just absolutely shellacked the shellacked, board. And he's won over a hundred thousand dollars so far. I know he's doing great. Yeah, and you know what? I can safely say this: I've been impressed by you know the these contestants. They're so bright and they're so articulate and they're so humble i also say this though i am so impressed with maya Bialik hosting how do you feel about her baby oh she's awesome i love her outfits i do too she's very flashy with some of her suits she is i mean yeah very conservative on sundays and very flashy on some other days i don't know how that works out for her but she is very stylish and very funny and but yet the thing is with Mayim is this, she knows when to back off and let the contestants be the stars. Right. Alex Trebek, who hosted the show for 36 years, mm-hmm. he knew you have to let the contestants be the stars. Right. Every time, like he even said to the producers, I don't, I'm not the star of this program. Don't let, don't introduce me as the star. Right. The contestants are the stars. The contestants are the stars. And I'm, I am just impressed by just 
how well she's taking over. And Ken Jennings is going to be uh, assisting her in hosting duties. Oh, good. And he's going to do a good job. I can feel it. I'm I'm impressed with uh, Mr. Jennings, and he's such a good um, he's such a funny gentleman. He's a bit nerdy like I am, yeah. which I, one of the reasons I like him. And I will say this: so he did a fabulous job in the guest hosting arena mm-hmm. with everybody else, with Katie Couric and Dr. Oz and Mayim mm-hmm. and um, who else guest hosted? September. So many. Robin Roberts did Robin a great Robert, job. Yes. I was kind of rooting for Katie Cork for about a second. I know. <laughs> but you know, you know, I, I think she's terrific. I think Maya was very good. I think she suits the, the the Jeopardy show very well. She does. And you know, she's a you know, neuroscience and real neuroscientist in real life, and she was wonderful on Big Bang Theory yes. with um with uh, Jim Parsons, Johnny Galeic, and um Kaylee Cuoco. And just a wonderful, wonderful group of actors and actresses. And by the way, if you haven't seen Young Sheldon, it is also on CBS as well. It's fantastic. And we've been watching some really great shows lately. Yeah, and I want to get really good shows. Yeah, and I don't know where to begin. Uh, What do you want to start with, babe? Let's start with the morning show. Absolutely. Now, the morning show, which for people that don't know, it can be seen on Apple TV Plus. It is a drama series, and it's currently in its second season. And the new episode dropped. They've done. Um, episode number eight of this season starts Friday night, November 5th. It's, uh, when it's Wednesday night as we record this, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, just in case anyone's wondering, but the show is absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's created by, uh, Jay Carson and it stars Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Stephen Carell, Billy Crudup, Mark Duplass, um, and it, uh, Nestor uh, Carbonell, who plays Yanko. Jennifer really, and I really, really like Yanko. Yeah. Um, but this season, I have to say, both seasons have been fantastic. They've been amazing. They've been amazing in terms of the writing and in terms of the characters. What's great about the show is that, and Jennifer and, Jennifer and Reese produced that show as well. Very good show. And they're just they're just absolutely fantastic. It's a good series. See it if you haven't seen it. You'll like it. And especially if you are someone who's a bit... Uh, teed off by television news these days. Mm-hmm. Whether it's because you don't like the way the presenters present the show or you detect that there's a bias, which a lot of people uh, believe about news, including our mother, right. including my mother-in-law. Right. Yes, Colleen. <laughs> it's, uh, I, and she's been a frequent guest on this show and one of the best guests we have, along with uh, Richard, you know, Jennifer's father, who I hope will um, come he's back. to his poetry when he comes back to sunny Southwest Florida. Right now he's in New Jersey. Yes. But you know, this season is during the autumn. Yeah. And you know what's great about this season of the morning show? What? It's explored wokeness and it's explored political correctness mm-hmm. and the election of 2020 and COVID. Right. So, so well. It's also explored the LGBTQ community. Yes. So, so well. And I'm just, it's I, a great show. It's a great show. If you have not seen it, it's so well written. Please, it is on Apple TV. Plus. Please get, get, see the show, whether it's on your iPad or on your iPhone. It is well worth seeing. And I also want to segue into another series, which you are wild about, sweetheart, called Ghosts. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about Hightown first. You want to talk about Hightown? Go for it. Hightown Hightown and the Morning Show are very, very fascinating because they're not on regular TV. No, and I think that there's something to be said about the shows that are not on the major networks. Right. You know, even Carol Burnett has given up on network TV. Really? You know how I know that? How? So she did a show for Netflix called A Little Help with Carol Burnett. Mm -hmm. And her and her friends who are under the, her little friends, I say little friends, friends first who are kids who are under the age of 10. Mm-hmm. 
they actually are given adults and celebrity adults advice. Really? It's a great show. Wow, sounds like a great show. It was only on for a season, but I really liked it. And when she was promoting it, uh, she was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live uh, on ABC. And I kid you not, I gotta say this if I may. Um, what's really what was really great about um, where's my train of thought here? Um, oh yes, uh, in that interview she was asked like, "What do you watch on TV?" And I loved her response. She said, uh, "Breaking Bad, uh-huh. Better Call Saul, Homeland." Oh. And she also said, "Or uh, she may have conf- she actually she kind of confused the uh, AMC network with Showtime." And she also was a fan of the Netflix series Shit's Creek okay. with um, Eugene Levy. And um, his kids and Catherine O'Hara, who's his co-star from SCTV. Right. For people that don't know that people that meet, listen to this podcast and not know who they are. Well, you probably know Eugene from American Pie. Right. And you definitely would know Shit's Creek. Um, Catherine O'Hara, absolutely fantastic in it. She's absolutely just, she's funny and stunning and unafraid to be, um, she's unafraid to fall down. And there's right. something to be said about female comedians that are fearless in that sense, whether it's you know, her, Tina Fey, Gilda Ratner, Amy Poehler, Rachel Dratt, Kristen Wiig, who we like very much, uh, Kate McKinnon. She's absolutely terrific. Um, Go but back it, to Hightown. Hightown. Thank you very much. New note. New note. Same note. Old note. What, what note? note? <laughs> We're going to talk about Hightown. So in the series, um, it features a young woman uh, played by Monica Raymond, uh, who, um, and and she uh, plays a, a great woman. actress. Great actress, yes. Uh, you probably know her from one of the Chicago series, and I gotta find out which one it is. I'm gonna click on her name. She plays Jackie uh, Quinones. I probably butchered that name, and I apologize, Monica, if I She's did. Been in 11, 11 episodes of High Town. Yeah, they've done. Yeah, um, they've done. This is their second season. Um, I don't know if Showtime is bringing it back or not. But she, um, before she was in. Um, Pytown, she was in seven seasons of a series called Chicago Fire. Right. But in the series, um, she plays a woman who works for the, uh, um, for the, um, for the, um, what's it, uh, the, the Nature and Wildlife Fishing Department. Right. F- fishing Department of, um, the state of Massachusetts. Out of Cape Cod. Out of Cape Cod, thank you. Which, in this whole city, Hightown has been infused with, uh, Drug lords, drug, drug trafficking prostitution yes the underbelly of society but here's the thing the great thing with this show much like the wire was for hbo right this series you know you don't really yeah it's very clear the drug kingpins are just corrupt you know evil you know scum of the earth especially azito he's one of the uh the drug mules that's in the series but a great actor he's a great actor it keeps you on your seat the show keeps Wondering you on your seat. what's going to happen next. It is far from your... Yeah, he's played by an actor named Atkins Edelman. Yeah, but in the series, you know, the, obviously it is clear, you know, the drug lords who run the city, mm-hmm. they infected the city with, you know, and the kids that live in there with drugs and, as you said, prostitution, and the strip club literally runs that city. Right. And yet at the same time, and in the series, Jackie plays a woman who's dealing with her demons, particularly with addiction. But one thing that sort of made her change her life in another way was after seeing a dead body in the water. Right. And she decides that she wants to be a police officer. Right. Uh, much to the dismay of some of the people that work with her and to the department, which is not always very kind to women, and I don't understand why that is in the year 2021. Mm. I don't understand. The thing is, I've never understood sexism as a whole. I know. I don't understand it. It's disgusting. But the series, what I love is that it sort of it breaks. Okay, on the one hand, it it sort of shows the underworld of society, 
but it also shows a lot of the people like um, Jackie who are trying to come back and get their lives in order. And yeah, you know, I, I, I love her tenacity, but I also will say this about any woman that runs into her. You will become very, very bi-curious after meeting someone like Jackie. Just be aware of that. Just be aware of that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but I think the show is fantastic. It's so written. Um, the cast is great. Most of them are unknown or, or unnamed or, you know, unnamed actors. Oh, um, but in any event, um, we want to talk more about Hightown and the other items that are on our list. Um, but we have to take a break because we need to watch our game shows. <laughs> and we're going to also talk to you about a few other shows that are on our list. But this is a very special time for Jen and I where we're able to actually be home and be with each other. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. But we'll be right back with more Aspie Files. More Aspie Files. I'm on its way back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, it took us a little while to get to part two because uh, Jennifer and I have been quite in demand um, in the last uh, week and a half uh, with our jobs. And as I mentioned, Jen's working uh, two jobs uh, right now. So she said to me, honey, you can finish the episode without me. It's okay. And I said, are you sure? And she goes, yeah, sure. So I, I always confirm this. And fellas, you are always confirming everything. You have to do it. If you're in a relationship, it's a two-way street. Just make sure you you got that, as Regis said, is that your final answer? And if they say something like positive or, yeah, that's my final answer, then you got what you need. At least in my case, I can say it works. I just want to make a quick correction to something I um I mentioned earlier. Um, I, I meant to say that um, that bully, and he was, and he is a bully. I say is because in my eyes, he hasn't changed. The person that called me kid, his excuse was, and I quote, well, I'm older than you. That's what I meant to say, and I want to just make that correction right now. Yes. I'm older than you, so I have a right to call you kid. I have a right to walk up in front of you and intimidate you, which he did, by the way. I have a right to scream at you in the control room 10 minutes before a live newscast because I don't like that you confronted me about something. And by the way, some people in that company know he's a bully, just for the record. They know he's a bully and they're suspiciously silent. Hmm, I wonder why. Well, he's been there 15 years and you don't want to fire someone who's been there that long that's really good at their job because honestly, and this is just my professional opinion, I don't know what that jerk would do if he got fired tomorrow or if he got laid off. I don't know what half of those assholes that were news that were the news tech my fellow news techs for the most part the directors were fine except for the one that referred to an anchor by the name of a name that started with c and ended with t and i'll let you guess what that word is but yeah for the most part yeah uh those news techs no i i don't feel sorry for most of them all except for my friend jackson who quit the same day the next day after i quit and more power to him they screwed him as much as they screwed me but you know the point being is this the point being is this when someone tells you, don't call me kid, you might want to listen. Don't give me this whole, free speech, I can say whatever I want. You know what? So can I. I can say, you're a fucking asshole. You're a bully. You're arrogant. 
and you lack empathy, which this person does. This person lacked complete empathy. Honestly, I, I think you could open up his heart and you'd see nothing. I really do. I think you would see nothing in this person. I don't buy his sincerity of, sincerity from you know, the suits that said, oh, don't worry, he's coming, he's changed, he was apologetic. Really? Why didn't he apologize to me? Because he's not remorseful, that's why. And I'm saying sometimes you can't forgive people. I've said that on the show before. Some things you get a second chance for, things like that, you don't. And honestly, to that person, to the person that slammed the door in my face when I was working at Fox, to the person that got inches from my face and tried to intimidate me because I didn't do something the way they liked it when they could have been diplomatic with me. Seriously? Workplace bullying is a real thing and it needs to stop, okay? That's what I'm saying. And honestly, to the friends at the um, company I was at for two years, I got a little thing for you. One day, that family's not going to be around to defend you, just so you know. They ain't going to be around for much longer. And a big, fat corporation's going to take you over. Then what? Then what? From there? <laughs> I can imagine those news techs that gave me a hard time, that tried to act like they were my bosses when they weren't, and then at times condescended me, they'll be out of jobs. And they won't bounce back. I bounced back like that. Like that. I'm making way more money now than I ever did. So what I'm saying to employers is, you know what? If there's toxicity in your department, clean it up. If someone says, I got a problem, listen to them. Don't just write them off as a snowflake, okay? And by the way, I won't feel sorry for them if they become part of a major corporation and the news techs become robots. Honestly, that's the world we're heading toward and I hope it happens to them. I really do. I hope it happens to them. I hope they get what's coming to them because honestly, I don't feel sorry for them. And I don't feel sorry for anyone else who bullied me, who believes that they're above me and that thinks they have the right to belittle me and that they're elitist to me for whatever for whatever non-compelling answer or, or reason, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, I've been fighting people like this my whole life. You know, since I was seven years old, I told a, a person at my new job, I mean, look at me, look, I'm a short five foot five nerd with glasses, okay? And because of that, because I'm very passionate about what I talk about, like most nerds are, and because I happen to not look like, you know, a member of a rock band, or I don't look like Ryan Gosling, or Channing Tatum, or Zac Efron, or whoever these, you know, whoever the, you know, you know, the girls my age are going nuts over. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's beside the point. The point is this. I've had to fight every day of my life since I was pretty much seven years old. And I still feel like I'm doing that to this day. But you know what? Now, I'm in a place where people respect me, where we work together. We don't belittle people. We don't talk down to them. We don't act like 
we're the boss and the other person and that when when they're not you know what i mean that's what I'm, that's what i was referring to earlier and we work together as a team we act like a family and you know what i'm saying that employers need to be on blast about this stuff it's not enough just for your 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 crew to come in do the work and then they go home no if something's going on with them if they seem aloof or not all there you might want to ask them are you okay is everything all right let's talk show some fucking empathy please but honestly for the news text at my last job i don't feel sorry for them none zero like bye felicia don't give a fuck anymore but to the anchors and the reporters you guys were incredibly gracious you all were wonderful to me you didn't talk down to me you never treated me like a second-class citizen or a red-headed stepchild and for you i say thank you and especially to my friend sean for uh interviewing me and uh profiling um our podcast it really means a lot you know you know I want to continue doing this podcast. I want to make this very clear. I know we've been off for about a month and a half, but this podcast is not going anywhere. I'm going to do this as often as I can. Hopefully our next episode will have Jen join us once she gets her schedule, you know, worked out and everything, you know. I'm working a ton of hours and she's working a ton of hours and we're just, we're trying to find that balance, you know. And we're going to get there, you know, as a lot of couples do. And... I love her more than anything in this world. I can safely say that. I mean, I knew there was a period I was going to leave television. And you know what? The time came. Because I knew once I got engaged to Jen um, almost two years ago, and once I married her on September 2nd of this year, I knew my life. I said, she's the focus. Our marriage is the focus. Our family is the focus. Her parents, my mother, who I'm getting along with now, and... She came to our, um, we had, Jennifer and I finally got to have a reception, and that was a lot of fun, I'll tell you that. We had such a wonderful time at our reception. It was actually kind of um, a two-day party. We, uh, <laughs> um, it, it was on a Halloween night of all uh, times. Um, so the night before, we had a party at our church. And wonderful party. Wonderful, 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 wonderful party. And um, there's a lot of pino there, and... Um, I did enjoy myself with that. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, every now and then, you know, I, um, I'll i enjoy an adult beverage. And uh, you know what? Sometimes it's okay. You just got to find a balance in it. Can't be an everyday thing. That's that's the kicker. You don't let it be an everyday thing. Just go easy on that stuff, folks. It's uh, If you do it too much, it's going to catch up to you. You know, like lack of sleep or, you know eating too much fried food and boy i love fried food as well so <laughs> it's a balancing act but anyway so um yeah no jennifer and i um that, that halloween party at our church was absolutely fantastic and they played uptown funk by bruno mars and they played uh you remember that you know when you were in high school and they played those songs uh to the left to the left to the left to the left to the right to the right to the right down down give me now i did never ever like those damn song that damn song or this other song that went bounce to the left bounce to the right cha cha now y'all oh my god 
Oh, oh, oh my God, you gotta be, oh my, it reminded me, yeah, I never could keep up with the, with those dances, even in high school, which is weird, although, uh, I managed to dance with Jen to, um, the second song, and guess what, got it right, and I had to help Jen out a little bit there, but that was a lot of fun, and they played YMCA, and it was just a, it was a wonderful, wonderful night, I went as Dan Aykroyd's character in Ghostbusters, my fellow Aspie, Jennifer went as a sexy pirate. Oh, yes, I said sexy pirate. Uh, anyway, um, my friend John uh, Corelli from um, our church, who's an, a theater actor as well, he was dressed as a police officer. Uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful night. A lot of dancing, good food. Uh, I had a lot of deviled eggs and a lot of veggies and uh, shrimp. Oh, my God. It was, just, it was a great night. It was a great night. And then the following day... Um, we had our we had church service. We had a reception. My mother came with her best friend Joan. Um, Joan loves my Bradley Cooper beard as much as Jennifer does. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, Joan Joan's a really sweet lady. She's a very dear friend of my mother's. And um, my mother brought uh, rolls and lobster and chicken. And my uh, Jennifer loved the chicken, and I loved the shrimp. And the and I did I devoured that shrimp. It was delicious. And it was just. It was a great night of celebrating. We still got plenty of those rolls left over. I just finished the shrimp. Um, but it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And Jen made her famous uh, Penny Alavaca and we had a great playlist and um, people were having a good time and, you know, not as much dancing the night before because everybody was still, you know, recovering. <laughs> but uh, I can safely say I'm really glad that Jennifer and I got to have our reception. We got to have our time. And we were able to just celebrate our love for each other. We saved, by the way, thousands of dollars. We saved thousands and thousands of dollars by not having a huge wedding. We could have spent ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars that we don't have. Yeah, unless people want to donate to this podcast, then we'll probably have it. So, just a th- I got to throw that out there. I know, you know, don't ask for money, Alex. Don't ask for money. Well. You know what? If you're a fan of this podcast and you'd like to donate, go for it. But anyway, um, we will take any and all donations. But um, yeah, it was just, it was great that we got married on our terms. It wasn't, it was a, it was a, we had a big party after eloping. Jennifer and I wanted to elope last year, but we never got the chance to because I got pickpocketed while we were in Key West the first time. This time around, while I, pretty much overdrew my account several times while we were down there. Um, marrying Jen was the most important thing in the world. And it only cost $115 to get married here in Florida. You need 85 for the um, I think it's 85 for the paperwork and 30 for the reception. I don't know. Hard to believe, right? But um, no, we were, um, we, we, we did we took our vows the way we wanted to take them in a bit of a non-traditional way, but you know, I think everyone's going, I think a lot more people are going toward the elope route, and I would I would recommend it. I would just say, you'll save yourself a lot of money. Then you can have a big party and you can have a honeymoon, you know. We had our honeymoon and our um, getting married day the in the very same week, and it was just a wonderful, I, I love being in Key West. I definitely would love to go back to that. And a beautiful city and Hopefully we'll retire there one day. That would be wonderful. I would love that. But 
Yeah, I, I just want to make that quick correction. I know I'm going to go for about 15 minutes on that one. So um, we're going to take another quick break, but we'll be right back with more Aspie Files. Don't go away. And in our final segment, I want to go back to what Jennifer and I were talking about in the uh, TV section of our pop culture corner. We were talking about shows that are on cable and are on streaming services. And I want to go back to Hightown for a minute. So one of the, I want to mention um, it's on Sunday nights on Stars. If you haven't seen it, the show is currently in its second season. And what I was trying to say earlier, and I had, had trouble articulating it, was this area of Provincetown, Massachusetts, where Jackie works for the National Marine Fishery Services, and he struggles with addiction, uh, not just with substances, but also uh, with women. Um, but it's like everyone in that town is trying to figure out who they are, you know, and it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to see them do it the way they are, you know, whether it's, well, okay, minus the, the drug pins that run the town, because they're just, they're just scumbags. They really are the worst of the worst. Um, and, but seeing them try to get, seeing them try to continue, you know, ownership of the town, I mean, it, it does, it has sort of that Godfather American gangster kind of feel to it. It's just a fantastic series. It really is in so many ways. Um, and, you know, the police department is trying to keep the city intact, in but it's very difficult because their department's got its own issues, mostly with their blatant sexism, as was shown a lot in, in season two. And, you know, a new lieutenant taking over. And it's just, it's an interesting series. It really, really is. Luis Gomez, Luis Go Guzman, sorry, Luis Guzman, uh, he plays, um, uh, he plays the cousin of one of the drug kingpins in the town who just got out of jail. Um, and I'll probably spoil a little bit of this here, but anyway. Um, and they run this strip club with the drug the, the drug kingpin who just got out of jail. They run this strip club with the guys um, if it's, is it wife or is it oh, fiance? Fiance. I was like, is it fiance or, or wife? It's fiance. Okay. Thank, thank, thank you, Nitro. No problem, Alex. So anyway, um, it's good to have an EP next to me. But anyway, so the, the reason that that show works so well is because it's original and the characters are complex for the most part. Again, the drug kingpin's not really. But, you know, like Jackie's character, very complex. You know, the character of Ray Brusso, who is a former sergeant for the Massachusetts State Police Department. You know, super complex. You know, and you just, I, you just hope that, you know, in the end, like, that the bad guys are put away, that the good guys win. But the thing is, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, you know, you sometimes don't know who to root for half the time. Because, again, everybody's complex and everybody's got, you know their own demons they're fighting but it's so it's so gripping and it's so riveting i mean you know i've and i'll say full disclosure i've lost friends to drugs um when i got into uh tv year after i got into it uh less than six months a year ago i got into it um a friend of mine died from a heroin addiction and i went to that friend's funeral the day 
same day I had to go to work. And that producer I mentioned that got inches away from my face, uh, she was particularly um, moody and arrogant and a loudmouth that day. And if not for my friend Adam, who um, was a reporter, he now works in Indiana, a PBS affiliate. If not for him, then I don't know if... I don't know if I would have gotten through that day. I didn't tell my my boss at the time and he was there about what happened to my friend, but it was just difficult. It's hard. It is hard losing. I mean, it's hard to lose someone in general, but you know, at, at that time in my life, you know, to me, death was just something that happened to, you know, even though I was in my late twenties, generally speaking, it was, you know, your grandparents or, you know, someone that got terminally ill, but it was never someone your own age. And that was the first time I lost someone my own age. And that was real, that I knew personally. And that was a good friend and it was just very difficult for me. And, you know, I know Jackie went through it with, you know, one of her friends in the series. It's just a well-written series, folks. If you haven't seen it, I hope I've given away too much. It's such a well-written series and there's always elements of surprise and just the soundtrack is excellent. I love that they use the, um, as the theme song, they use um, Vacation by the Textones, which, you know, they're, um, it's, a, they're a, it's a wonderful, wonderful song. It's, um, you know, on the one hand, it, um, it, it, it it's it's the version that the Go-Go's did in 1982. But yet when you hear them, the text tones, it sounds a little different. It really does. But I don't know. I just, I love it. And my, um, Monica Ramon, who plays Jackie, uh, she directed an episode earlier this season. And oh my God, she did a great job on it. I was very proud of her. I'm always curious when actors, actresses, when they're, whether the star of the show or their supporting cast, when they get to direct an episode, how's this going to come out? Hope this comes out well, you know? But some of them have been in front of a camera and been on you know, television shows for so for so long that they know if they're smart, they make friends with the director, and most of them are, and they'll find a way to get in and get a chance to direct one. And that's the key: just direct a good one, don't screw up, and you get a chance to do it again. You know. Um, but yeah, so I like that show. And there's another there's another there's a mini series that Jennifer and I are watching that we want to give a shout out to and that's on netflix and it's based on a memoir called made hard work low pay and a mother's will to survive and the series is called made which premiered uh back in october on netflix and it stars margaret Qualley, um q-u-a-l-l-e-y and she is the uh daughter of actress andy mcdowell and she was in The Leftovers, and she was in Fosse Ferdin on FX. Leftovers, by the way, was on HBO for three seasons. Great series with um, Justin Theroux, Jennifer Aniston's ex-husband, and Amy Brennan, a.k.a. Judging Amy, and from Private Practice. And yeah, <laughs> um, and she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, but Made is fantastic, I must say. Um, I hope that Margaret gets nominated for an Emmy for her role as a young mother who leaves... Um, an abusive boyfriend with their three-year-old daughter, Maddie, and gets a job working as a maid. And you know, uh, Anika Noni Rose from Dreamgirls plays Regina, who's um, a very wealthy and uh, incredibly entitled. And oh my God, an unpredict. You know, I've always said, you know, she is. She has a lot of those Meryl Streep qualities in there that, you know, are entertaining. And sometimes you go. I can't believe this person is rich and entitled. <laughs> Andy McDowell plays uh, Alex. Plays Alex's uh, her, her mom, Margaret's mom. Uh, Andy McDowell plays um, her um, hot smoking, um, artistic, and 
very, very mentally ill mother. And it's, um, but the show, you know, showcases, you know, domestic violence and it shows what happens when domestic violence, emotional abuse, and it's all abuse, by the way. It goes back to that one word. It goes back to the word abuse. And however it's done, it's not, it's never okay. It's never okay. Ever, 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 ever. And, you know, the, it, what it, what the series shows, and it also showed it in uh, Stephanie's memoir, that I don't understand why, you know, this is a topic that, you know, people are afraid to talk about. We're going to talk about it here. You know, why is it? Why is it that so many women go back to abusive partners? I don't understand it. You know, whatever the reason is, is it, is it because they have no place else to go? Is it they don't want their kid growing up without a parent? You know, are they afraid of what happens, you know, if they, you know, try to leave? You know, it's, it's, it's all those things that you just, you just, you, you ponder. And I, you know, Jennifer and I have been pondering and we're on the last episode. We haven't gotten, we haven't finished it yet, but we're almost done with it. But, it, you know, it shows, you know, Alex, this young woman who did not grow up with very much and pretty much has been taking care of her mom for the last 20 years. And, you know, now she's trying to raise her daughter as a single mother. And it's just, it, it, it shows, you know, the unpredictable side of, of, a, of an abuser. And, you know, it shows, what it shows is that they are essentially like chameleons, as I've said, on, as I've used that phrase on the show before. And there's more, there's, you know, there's chameleons that emotionally abuse, there's chameleons that physically abuse, you know. There are, and verbally abuse, you know, but any one of those three, not okay, not accepted in our society. But it, it, it and the, the series does show, you know, Alex's struggle to make it and take care of her daughter and try to balance, try to take care of her mom as well, you know. Although her mother's, you know, so far gone that it's almost, you almost think to yourself, do I have to save her? Does she even want to be saved? Because some people don't want help. I can specifically, I can safely say this working in a call center. There are some people that we try to help out when they have a question for us. And, you know, not always, but sometimes they don't want our help. They just want to vent. They want to yell. They want to scream. They, um... And especially because they're, you know, just they, 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 they feel entitled to, you know, oh, something happened to me in my life. I can act verbally abusive. Yeah, guess what? It's still a form of abuse and what you're doing is not okay. And, you know, I, I you know, it's kind of like what, you know, Pastor Mark Driscoll talked about, you know, when he was um, still with Mars Hill Church in uh, Seattle, Washington, when he, that viral video of him that went off on you know men who don't who abuse women verbally or physically and you know i don't the marriage part you know i i i believe in marriage and monogamy but you know whether it's marriage or whether it's domestic domestic partnership um you know just being together committed that's you know to me in, in my world makes sense but you know when he went off on these you know you don't call them men they're little boys who think they're men who just they think that they're king because of the money they have because they're successful in their career and because they got a beautiful woman 
or maybe more than one in some cases, but they think they're all that in a bag of chips and they can pretty much do and say anything they want. And we're here to say abuse of any kind, not okay. Not okay. And this, the series made just exemplifies it in so many ways. And I know it's only slated to be a miniseries. By the way, Margot Robbie, who um, also uh, helped put together, um, oh, who also was the executive producer of the uh, wonderful movie that was um, Promising Young Woman. She was one of the executive producers in that movie. And I got to just say, as I, if I may, just um, as a whole, I just, how do I say this if I may? It was... I was very moved by a lot of the episodes in made, and I couldn't get the, you know, the images out of my head, and it just, it just, it very moved me. And I forgot that, Mar- I just, I'm just now finding this out, that Margot was one of the producers on, um, on Maiden. I'm very glad she did, and I can't wait to see what's next of her, because she is one of the, for me, she is one of the titans of Hollywood. I mean, she's only 31 years old, and, you know, she's been nominated for two Oscars. She's been in fabulous movies, um such as uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, which we all discovered her for with Leo DiCaprio. Uh, I just wonder if uh, the two of them got together. Hmm. My instinct is yes, but that's just because Leo's got a really good track record and women just love him of all ages, but he tends to have a a specific type and it's usually under the age of 35. But, uh, (laughs) um, unless you're Demi Moore. But, um, uh, Focus, uh, The Big Short, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, uh, I, Tanya. And uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, she was fantastic in, and she's also um, slated to be in the new David O. Russell movie with Christian Bale and John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son, Robert De Niro, Mike Myers, Timothy Oldplain, Chris Rock, Michael Shannon, uh, Taylor Swift. Oh, that's gonna be good. Uh, no title yet, uh, but it's slated to come out in a year from now, and that's about a doctor and a lawyer who form an unlikely partnership. So. David O. Russell, for people that don't know, he's um, given us Three Kings, I Heart Huckabees, The Fighter, Silver Lightning's Playbook, American Hustle. And again, he's one of those directors that he makes interesting, intense stories that are funny and that have great depth to them. And they explore topics that very often people don't want to talk about, you know, to a extent, because they're usually the big world topics of love, hate, death, war, race. And you know, in mentioning, you know, shows like Made and The Morning Show and Hightown, I think the reason that these shows do as well as they do is, first of all, it's because of platforms like Netflix and Stars and HBO and Amazon Video and Peacock and other USA Network, you know. You know, TNT, it's just all these wonderful, wonderful, Hulu, you know, all these these platforms that are just popping up. And they're telling network television, listen, you guys have way too many gatekeepers. Our view is if it's a great story, we can get a great cast together and we'll get this made faster and better than you would. And I think, again, that's the world we're now living in. You know, John Hamm said in an interview that he gave uh, to Grant Bensinger, who's a really wonderful um, interviewer in his own right. He interviews sports figures, but every now and then he'll interview people from entertainment world. He's interviewed um, people like Larry the Cable Guy, John Hamm, Kelsey Grammer, um, a few other people I'm thinking of who are non-sports people. Those are the main ones. But um, I also like this interview with Danica Patrick, race car driver. But um, And this one, she was still with Aaron Rodgers. But... <laughs> 
show, I think the reason these shows do well, this is something that John Hamm said to Graham, and it was that really until shows like The Sopranos and The Wire and Breaking Bad and Mad Men came out, the main shows on TV were cop shows, lawyer shows, doctor shows. And on network TV, it's still primarily that. Now, I'm not knocking, you know, the shows that are on network TV. There's a lot of good shows. I, lo I still love Blue Bloods. I'm watching a show called New Amsterdam on NBC, which I think is fantastic. I've often called it uh, the um, modern-day version of St. Elsewhere because St. Elsewhere had a large, diverse cast, and the hospital was in a hospital where if not for its existence, many of these patients would have nowhere to go. And and it's just, it's so well written and it explores many different topics, whether it's homelessness or mental health, or, you know, what do you do in end of life care? Like really serious topics and they explore it very, very, in just in, you know, such a lovely, lovely, you know, articulate way. And I thank God for these, these companies. And also the other thing is, People these days, you know, we work all the time. We have jobs. If you're like me and Jen, you have a dog. For other people, they have children. And I guess my view is this, you know, appointment viewing television has changed in a lot of ways. You know, it used to be everybody rushed home, you know, you know, on Thursday night to see Seinfeld, you know, because everyone wanted to be there and see what Jerry was going to, uh, Jerry and George and Elaine and Kramer were going to be up to. But now the game has changed. Now it is, you know, oh, I can watch this when I get off work anytime I want. If I got to pause it to walk the dog or, you know, you know, if my wife comes in and, you know, you know, let's get it on. Ah, baby. <laughs> and that happens then. <laughs> well, you can put that in the back. But you know what I mean? Like, we're in control of the pause button. We're in control of what we watch. And I say we, the consumers, we're in control of what we watch, when we watch it. And, you know, are we going to watch it again? And I love that power we have, you know. And it's it's, it's a wonderful, I mean, it was DVR first, and now it's cable and streaming services, and it's just, I love it. YouTube TV as well. You know, I mean, I, I DVR Jeopardy and Wheel on there, and 25 Words or Less, and You Bet Your Life, the new You Bet Your Life with Jay Leno, which is fantastic. And what I can safely say is this, is that, we're moving in a direction in media where the gatekeepers are essentially going away. There's only a, maybe one or two left, and all you got to do is make an interesting story now. You know, it's not no longer about pleasing sponsors, and it's no longer about you know pleasing network heads. Too much, so many network heads, and many of them are just douchebags. And believe me, I was in news media for I was in TV for seven years. There's a lot of douchebags at the top, a lot. <laughs> And you know, they 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 try to phone it in, but oh, some of them are just douchebags. Oh, you know, um, and then you have out of control egos too. But that's beside that's beside the point. I think we've cleared that up. But you know, you know, um, I also want to say, as far as network shows though, um, there is one that stands out from the pact, and it's on um, CBS, and it's on Thursday nights, and it's a it, they just got a full season order. It's absolutely fantastic, and it's based off a British series. Uh, and it's called Ghosts, and it's about a lovely couple named Jane and Samantha. They're married New Yorkers, and they inherit a beautiful uh, house in the country. And they're putting it back together because they want to turn it into a bed and breakfast. But here's the thing. The wife, Samantha, after uh, an accident, she ends up seeing a group of ghosts. 
and her husband can't see them. So it's interesting seeing the conversation between Samantha and these ghosts, and these ghosts include a flamboyant Revolutionary War veteran, um, a Boy Scout leader who got shot through a neck in the era, um, a hard-partying Wall Street trader who probably made Jordan Belford look like a choir boy, um, the original owner of the manor, that, um, a hippie who died while trying to befriend a bear, a dramatic flapper singer, a cynical Native American, a Viking who died in a lightning storm. And it's, you know, I can safely say it's just incredibly well-written, and I love the dialogue between Samantha and Jay. Just, they're so cute together, just like Jennifer and I are. And they sort of prove that love wins in the end, even if one person is a little more cynical and realist. Uh, I'm not a cynical person, but I am more of a realist these days, and it's probably because of um, what happened. And it's, you know, and because of, you know, I worked at a call center before I worked in this one, so I kind of have a perception of what to expect. Luckily for me, though, I got good coaches that are there working with me. I got a good team leader, and we all help each other out, you know. And we um, we've got online chats where we can ask 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 each other a question if we need to help the other person out. I mean, we really do act like a family. It's just great, you know. And I'm on a great path now with Jennifer. I'm on a great path in my career, and I don't want it to end, you know. But I also believe in being honest and. I thank everyone on this podcast um, for welcoming us back after we took a bit of a hiatus. And we're going to do more episodes in time when I'm ready to write something or if I have something to talk about, I can just pull out a microphone. I also just bought a new microphone for Jennifer for when she joins us again. I also have had to make some adjustments to it so she won't sound overmodulated. Uh, thank God for my time in um, audio in, um, in production. But, you know, I-, I look forward to the future. I don't have that many fears like I used to. You know, I like where I'm going. And I don't want to look back. I just want to look forward. And that's why I wanted to spill everything out on here. So it's all out there. And, you know, I can focus on the future. And we can talk more about, you know, fun things like what's, you know, what to catch on TV over the weekend or what movie to catch. We're going to talk about that more. You know, music that I'm listening to, I'm going to work on that this week. So, you know, next time we talk, I can tell you, hey, you should check this out. This sounds great. Here's why you should check it out. You know, we'll get back to more of that. But, um, You've been a wonderful audience, and as I like to say, have that piece of pumpkin pie, read that book, go for a workout, call your mom, call your friends, you know, tell your wife or your husband or your significant other that you love them, and that I'm always going to be here, and keep laughing and keep smiling, and let's keep making the world a great place. We will see you next time on the Aspie Files.